Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 290. Important topic, from micromanaging to empowering. Best Served New Volume 3, Episode 4 of 8 with Eric Davies of Puff Truck Pizza. This, this is such a fundamentally important issue in this industry. I myself have had such an up and down struggle with this always trying to be an educator always trying to be a communicator yet so often putting people in a position of fear of failure and i've been guilty of that where there's so much of trying to create so many bumpers for people that there's no freedom for them to express themselves for them to learn and we only learn only learn through failure and it's such a difficult thing because this industry is so based on next next plate you're only as good as your next plate, right? And so there's some interesting dynamics there. We're going to talk about that a little bit in a little while. We're going to bring in Jordan Bush, who you all know, uh, CEO, founder, Seven Shifts, who's underwriting these series, which is so important. It's all about investing in people for them. So we'll dig into that a little bit. And we're going to talk uh, family legacy as well. Super important. So I want to bring Eric in now. Cheryl Cook. Eric, good to see you. How you doing, my friend? Likewise. <clears throat> hey, Jensen. Hi. It's uh, warming up here in Chicago, so feeling a little bit, a uh, little bit of hope that there's a light at the end of the tunnel here for winter. Good man. Well, I'm always impressed how how people in the uh, in Illinois and the Chicago area, you guys still line up outside for a food truck to get that handmade puff, even in negative degrees. I don't know yes. how you do it. Uh, salt of the earth for sure. So. We're going to talk again. You mentioned at the very early onset when you and I started talking was that it's difficult. It's really difficult to actually empower people. You hire people, you put them in a position, but you're just trying to make sure that they don't mess anything up, right? You very much are micromanaging. You're trying to still do everything yourself. You're trying to wear all of the hats. So we talked about that. And I want to get into that a little bit. And we'll get into the details of that. I think Jordan has some really good thinking and some technology tools that help you kind of navigate that when you're in the weeds, which you're always in the weeds when you're in the industry. I also want to touch on kind of the root of some of that. You are so inspired by your own personal family legacy, right? Grandfather in the industry, life of the party, right? The, the restaurant was the, was the epicenter of kind of your community and your family. And at the same time, the contradiction of you recognizing through family stories that, you know, never made a buck making, you know, doing that, this business. And I, completely completely understand that it's both it's the best of times and worst of times when you're in this industry and then we were thinking about you know last week really great breakthrough when we really got to the heart of the fact that there's a lot of nostalgia in you you're both looking backwards family and you finding kind of the handmade puff the idea of it when you were in college and looking forward to building a business and creating your own family legacy for your son Right. So I think there's an interesting thing. There's a little bit of a romantic and an innovator in you. And I think that's true for a lot of people in the industry. So 
that was a, a, a big breakthrough. And I, I really appreciate you kind of telling that story and us getting to that. So I want to dig into that a little bit. And I want to bring Jordan in to talk about that because all three of us have this family legacy. And so we can pop Jordan in here. Jordan, good to see you. Hey, good to see you. All right. So I want to dig into that. And Eric, Jordan, for you guys to connect on this because there's something meaningful and, and, and impactful. And so for Eric, you know, having the grandfather in the industry, right, having those those familial memories of being in college and that community and that crew and now having a business that kind of manifests those uh, for a second, Jordan, I want you to tell us just for you, you know, you're coming from the technology side and it's very easy to get caught up in the technology and create these perfect technology solutions. You and I have talked about that several times yet for you, it's very much trying to create a human solution with technology there to, to be the connective tissue. And for you, that came from, you know, your family running a restaurant. Uh, I want you to tell Eric, because I know he has this, this same experience, you know, when you took your dad's schedule and started to mess with it, the groundwork for this, why was it important? What did you see? What did you recognize? And kind of give us a little bit of that trajectory there. Yeah. Um, first off, Eric, great to meet you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the background was really working for my dad in some Quiznos locations he owned and my grandparents ran some quick service restaurants as well. And, uh, grew up working in it and, uh, yeah, saw the struggles of my family members, uh, just like kind of working nonstop in these, in these realms and really not, you know, like had, they had, had to, to stress a lot about the, the, the kind of hiring, the, the getting the right people in the door, um, you know paying rent, making sales, like all this stuff was kind of like, it was a burden. Like it was, it, there were definitely times where it was, you know, I got to see all the exciting things and I got to eat all the free food, but you don't think about, yeah. you know, um, the, 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 the weight that my dad and my grandparents had to carry as operators. And so, yeah, watching him, uh, my dad's schedule and manage folks was kind of the, the, the starting of how I could think of helping him solve this problem and built him something really small where he could upload an Excel spreadsheet and staff could all just download it. Really, it, was, it started with just like, okay, well, you shouldn't have to come into the store. You shouldn't have to call to be like, hey, do I work on Tuesday? Oh no, tell uh, tell Joe I wanna trade with Sally. Like <laughs> it was just, it just didn't seem efficient um, given that his time could be spent elsewhere. So that's kind of really where it started. But um, yeah, looking back now, I, I can just see glimpses of like, I just see him at his desk going like this, you know, just. You know, I, I can't imagine all the things running through his head now that I know so more, much more about the industry from working with operators. So, um, yeah, that's the yeah. story. Well, I want to, Eric, maybe uh, throw this over to you and then Jordan, please jump in. The, the, this moment that Jordan mentioned, we all know this moment so well, the deep sigh, the sigh of like, what the hell am I going to do is like a daily struggle we almost start to like feed off of it. It's this, it's this very strange dynamic when you're an entrepreneur. And so for you, Eric, like where is the pain? Where is the struggle? Where is the, the fear that you have when you're thinking about, I'm going to put my, my son, my family legacies, you know, future in another person's hand. Give us a little bit of, of your insight there. Maybe we can pull at some of those threads. Sure. So, um, so a little bit of my challenge is, and everybody says this is that you shouldn't uh, employ your family. But I in, in my situation, my uh, mom helps me work at the store. She's a like a, a receptionist type of 
role. Uh, my brother is technical uh, engineer for our website and for all this stuff. He also helps out here. So, um, and the challenge there is, um, you know, kind of the expectation that you have. If you have someone that you're paying and you have an expectation for them, if they don't meet that expectation, well, then there's going to be consequences. You can, you can kind of use that as leverage, right? But if it's your mom and she, you know, maybe doesn't do something up to your expectation, then that gets a little bit tricky of how to navigate that, right? Like, how do you say it in a kind way that's trying to be constructive and stuff when it's someone that's in your family? That's incredibly difficult. Um, so, so that's one of the challenges. And also, um, like the secondary challenge to that that I see anyways is like, we're gonna, we all care about it, right? I at least know that my mom and my brother care about this thing as much as I do. Um, but when you get someone that you're, that is from the outside, who's not a family member, you put an immense amount of trust that they're going to at least try to care about it as much as you do. Um, that's a huge, um, so I remember like the very first time that I had to leave the food truck in the hands of somebody else, I had to be out of town and it was, uh, that's all I was thinking about. It was terrifying. Yeah. So, you know, um, to me, it's that trust. It's that like hoping that they are going to give it as much effort as you do every single day. And, um, that, that's the challenge that we're looking at. Right. Yeah. A couple things to unpack and Jordan, I want to, I want to pitch this over to you. Uh, we know the struggle that you're talking about so well, it's, it's the best of times, worst of times, same thing. Both Jordan and I have co-founded our businesses with our wives. You know, my younger brother has worked for me and like, the, so the family ties are strong, right? Yet also then sometimes like, do you fire a family member? Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, that's a reality that you have to have to navigate. So I think that's one thing Jordan, I'd like to like to touch on first. And then the second part I just want to say is like, here's the thing, Eric. They will never care as much as you care. They just can't. It's just not theirs. And that's okay. They don't have to. What you need to build is the right amount of care and the right amount of empowerment and the right amount of systems, technology, any kind of system recipes, anything like that, that puts them in a position to have the tools to succeed. So I think sometimes when we expect people to care as much as we do, it's unrealistic and you set an unrealistic expectation and people will never, never meet that. Doesn't mean that can't be the best, the best employee ever. So Jordan, though, it's starting with that, the, the family side of that. I, you and I both were like, oh, I feel you on that one. What, what, how do you navigate that? Um, yeah, the, I think it depends on the, the type of your, like it, you, you kind of said it, Eric, it really depends on your expectations. Like if they're meeting your expectations, um, and you're not paying them great, but if you're not, they're not meeting your expectations and, and you're not paying them, um, <laughs> you have to, you have to make a call of like, what, what is the incremental value that I'm going to get from hiring someone externally that can meet my expectations. And sometimes it's kind of like a, it is a bit of a leap of faith because you haven't seen it done. And I can just say firsthand, there's many moments when our company was, cause just in the context of business here, like we're all business people regardless of if it's a software company or a, or a food truck or, or whatever, like um, as you kind of grow, you, you, it's easy to think at least when we were younger, like, Oh, well, I can, I can do these things or I can just get like, I can get a junior person to do this, but you're going to hit, they're going to hit a ceiling and it's going to be up to you to determine whether or not you need someone past that ceiling. And, and, and if you can kind of get them there. And so for us, it's like, oh, I felt like oh, I can keep stretching and I can like do this thing. And like, I'll just hire this junior person to take it on. And then when I hired someone full-time to do it, 
not only did they do that job 10 times better than that junior person, but they thought of 10 times more things that I wasn't thinking about of how to make it better. Oftentimes we're super limited in our thinking of what that role actually entails. So I think it's just really comes down to like, um, I almost want to back up a little bit further because it might be helpful to think like, what, where do you want to be with the truck in the next year? Like, do you, do you, and, and maybe the next few years, do you want to go from truck to three trucks to five trucks to in like, uh, oh, yeah, that's like what we're digging into the next like, what's, like, what's the, like, what's the actual path for you? And I think working yeah. backwards from that will help you make decisions on how you change the trajectory on what you decide. Yeah, I think that's, that's really good advice. Um, <clears throat> like I kind of had this conversation with Jensen before is that my, vision of this thing is probably too grand and, and too far out there, like being the next Wendy's of pizza, right? Or the next recognizable household name of, of fried pizza, right? So in order for me to get there, I mean, it's not going to be, I mean, I can't, I can't do all the things, right? And like my mom doesn't know how to professionally market our company. If I brought somebody in who doesn't know how to do that, that's going to pay dividends much stronger than putting that uh, load on somebody that is not prepared to do so. So it's kind of like, like you're saying, that expectation of of uh, where we're trying to get to um, is going to kind of determine the, the talent or the folks that we have involved. Yeah. And Jordan, more specifically, so the next episode, we're talking about going from a food truck to having the storefront and kind of the model he's building. The episode after, we're talking about growing into a national brand. One of the things that we thought was interesting in kind of this food truck and brick and mortar kind of coming together is to potentially have outlets in multiple cities, right? So he like really likes Nashville, going from Chicago to Nashville and creating an outpost there and really trying to spark something interesting in, you know, having a space where he could have the storefront, where he has has retail there. He also owns the means of production. So he has his own uh, commissary. He has the food truck that that's that's the brand, that's the interaction, that's the user experience he wants. And then even potential for some more real estate where he could house and have food truck nights and invite other food trucks to really create a community, farmer's market on the weekend. So he's trying to create and cultivate that kind of community sense and bring yeah. that fun and energetic style that they have to other markets. So when I'm thinking about his need directly from a technology standpoint and from a scheduling standpoint, he's not only going to have to schedule multiple employees across different departments, he's going to have to schedule across different departments, across different markets, and then have some centralized to the point of the marketing, centralized people who then are affecting individuals work across other markets. So to give you an idea, unpack that a little bit for us, Jordan, where, where do you go in a sense of giving Eric a couple directions on how to think about that again from that micromanaging to empowering because he's not going to be he's not going to be able to be at one store for the entirety of a shift let alone three four you know yeah no that that makes sense eric have you have you raised any outside financing uh no actually that's kind of um what we take pride in is that i've funded and sourced the entire business uh by myself either with credit cards or with you know, doing small services, tent services at the very beginning. So um, we're actually completely solvent at this point and owe no debt. So that's something that I'm pretty proud of is that, um, you know, we, we 
a lot of folks had to borrow, you know, 100K to outfit the, the blank restaurant that they're going to do. Um, well, I kind of figured out a way to lease the equipment and lease the space in, in one package so that we didn't have to borrow a bunch of money to do that. So um, I've always been able, though, to figure out a way to do the fundraising when it needs to happen. Um, like, for example, when we were building the truck, we needed, you know, we needed a couple grand for a new generator or something. It was like, I would always figure out a way to make that happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. One of the benefits I think of just, yeah, you bootstrapped, right? You bootstrapped, you didn't, you, you understand you, you're in a, in a great position. You don't have any debt. You probably understand your economics really well at this point. I just think like if, if most companies that are very, most companies in your stage are super privileged in the sense that they're like, Hey, I can keep operating and be profitable and I can just do my thing and it can be a great lifestyle business. And I think the shift, something that I often think about is like, there is nothing wrong with a lifestyle business versus a hyper growth business um, or kind of a growth business by definition in our field. And it, I do, it applies to other industries. Like you just talked about your vision of kind of being the Wendy's of, of, um, of puffs. And so like, when I think about that, I think of, in our in our industry, um, you you have a good understanding of your economics. That should help you pitch the vision of saying, "I want to be three food trucks by the end of this year," and here's what I need to do it. And you know, you can buy into this. I've already proved that it can work. I'm operating one. It's profitable X, Y, and Z, and I've done these things. And that story alone, like you're already ahead of most people, because most people are still paying off the debt and trying to get like a good sense of credit. Like <laughs> yeah. what I'm trying to say is you're in a way better place to like be able to sell a strong story because you have mm -hmm. proof that it works. And I think figuring out how, like, where's your comfort level in terms of scale for next year or, or for this year um, and, and aligning with potentially like people that would fund it. Uh, if you don't have the financing means to do it is going to be important because I don't know that th those might be at odds where you say, I want to be the Wendy's of puffs, but I'm going to do it all myself. Right. Like you're going to need help yeah. to sure. get there and you're going to need stakeholders that are going to be part of the business that are going to accelerate it. They're going to, they're going to introduce you to other folks that are going to kind of like build that network. Um, you know, that old saying of like, you want to, you want to go, uh, what is it? Go far, <laughs> um, you know, do it with a team. If you want to go fast, go it alone. <laughs> Um, something like that. I probably butchered that really bad, but paraphrasing, paraphrasing really, but yeah. um, you, you will need a, a team and a network to help you get there. And yeah. I guess that's how I would think about the next question is like, where do we want to go this year? Like, where do you want to go as a, and then as you work backwards from that, the next question becomes, if I raise these funds to have three more trucks or two more trucks or whatever it is, I know I need, I know I need a full-time marketing person. And then you start having those conversations with your mom, your brother about like where you're taking the company. And you might find that they just go, oh, I'm tapping out. Like, that's what you want to do, man. Like, I, I, I got other stuff I want to do with my life. I was just helping you, right? And, and you might get that type of response. More likely you will, because yeah. you, you'll have, you have a vision, which is super exciting to, 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 to start with is, is uh, you're thinking really big, which is awesome. Yeah, Eric, the, the the one thing I want you to really take away from what Jordan just said, the connective tissue between these things are we and I love that we're we're already thinking growth, which which is great. And then taking it back to the very first conversation you, you have with your mom and your brother. The most important thing that Jordan said is like you have to tell that compelling story. And this is everything we've talked about 
thus far and will continue to be a thing. The only thing I care about is your story. It's the only thing that that is ever going to matter, right? If on paper you have the numbers and all of those things, like, look, the food better be good. You better have a sharp brand. All of these things, these are matter of fact. These are not the things that are going to set you apart from the market. It's going to be the human capital, the way that you invest in that and the way that you tell a compelling story so that that marketing person is ride or die with you. They're not going to be at your level. They're not going to care as much as you, but they are in it because you have the vision and you're pointing a clear direction for that vision so that they can be the best of themselves when they work within your team. So that compelling story goes in all directions. Employees need it. Customers need it. Investors need it. Everybody needs that story. And so 100%. that's that's a piece of it, Eric, that I want you to really focus on. And that's why it's literally all we talk about is story, story, story. Even when we get into talking about, you know, series A rounds of funding, I'm still going to tell you it's story, story, story. Because people don't invest in decks. They don't invest in slides and pitches. They invest in people. All right. So that's what I want to really, really focus on. Jordan, I want to get uh, get Eric some practical things. One of the things that I think is very interesting when I think about micromanaging, I think about empowerment, is the engage tool that Seven Shifts had, has. So I want to tell us a little bit about how you're thinking about technology, not as a wall between people, but a way to like check in ongoing with people and create a little bit more of a relationship when you are so in the weeds, when you are so busy. Talk about that a little bit, because I think Eric can get a lot out of that understanding that there's a resource at play that can help some of the anxieties that he might have about being able to see everything at all times. Yeah, how many employees are you guys, Eric, today? Um, well, right now <clears throat> we're in the kind of the slow season. It's a little bit of a seasonal market up here in Chicago for us. So we're down to just myself, my brother, uh, my mom and my wife. Um, yeah. So when we do get up to the full busy season, we'll usually have a, you know, three, four extra crew. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, um, more like philosophically, I'll kind of talk about just how we think about engagement, uh, particularly in the restaurant. And um, it, it's really so that the problem that Jensen was talking about is um, something that we set out to try and solve, which was like turnover is incredibly high in this industry. How do we have how do we engage with our people a little bit more? How do we keep the, a pulse on our people and try to align with some of their goals with, you know, hopefully the business goals as well. And so I think it's, you know, it's undervalued, I think, um, to a degree where people kind of play this like churn and burn game with employees. Yeah. And it depends on the type of employee that you're trying to attract and, and the reputation that, and the brand you want to have. I think in the early stages for you, you probably like um, you probably, I would sense if you're thinking growth and scale, you probably want to get a really great partner with you. I don't mean like someone that's just going to be an employee. I think like someone that is like, Hey man, I really like your vision and I want to help you build this. And they're a complementary skill set to you. So even before I think about like managing employees and keeping them engaged, I think of like, if I was in your shoes, um, I'd want a complementary partner. And what that sometimes means is, Hey, I'm really strong on the vision side. And this person is super strong on the finance side or you're super strong on the finance side and I'm super strong on the vision side and I can sell, you know, ice cube to an Eskimo, right? Like that type of vision. Um, and, and so I think that that that'll be probably like a prerequisite if you're thinking about growth, but like long-term growth um, with more uh, trucks and, and brick and mortar eventually. But I think if you are hiring employees today, um, yeah, the way I think about it is like, 
what what are these people excited about? Is it is it just kind of like a part time job for them? And you and them may both agree that like, hey, this is just for a few months and that's great. But if if that person is like, hey, I want to really, you know, understand this industry, I want to learn this business, I want to like sink my teeth in a little bit more, it might change how you um, interact with this individual, and it might change the type of work you give them to take on. You might see the passion, and you might give them a little rope, and they might take even more. And so I think, um, you know, really just communication, because you guys are, you know, in high season, you're only three extra people. I think just consistently communicating and just saying like, you know, how is the shift today? How, how are things? And, you know, try to ensure that you're um, kind of eliciting uh, true responses from these folks and um, making sure that you're keeping on top of it. Because the last thing you want, especially as you get bigger, is you're getting ready for for like the busy season and like, I don't know, a bunch of people just like quit on you <laughs> and you had no yeah. idea and now you're like left backfilling. Yeah. So I think really technology aside for a second, you just want to have a good pulse on how things are going. Something that my dad always did with, with us as employees and everyone else, he just kind of like did monthly check-ins. He was like, hey, I just want to understand like how are you liking things here? Anything we can improve upon? Like what's, what's really not working um, and what are you enjoying? You might find it like, man, like I don't understand why we do this, 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 and it just seems so inefficient. And you're like, oh, like interesting. And you're taking notes and you fix those things. And like that person is super, they're, they're, they're now ex more excited to go to work because they don't have to do something super repetitive that could have been solved in, in, through just talking it through and figuring out operationally how it can be better. And I think it's underrated and I think people are, are potentially undervalued a little bit in terms of their opinion on how things can be a little bit better in a business. Because as an operator, you're like, there's a yeah. bit of an ego tied to it. It's like my business, it's, it's my business. I got it. I don't want to hear from you. But like, mm -hmm. I mean, they're the ones that are kind of like on the front lines every day too. And, and they're going to see things in a different light that you may not see. So it's important that you get that feedback from them too. Jordan, I really appreciate what you just said, because it makes so much sense to me now that something that your father did really well, that check-in became a feature, a function, a tool of Seven Shifts app. That the Engage is like your way of scaling something that your father did really well. I'm, I love that. That's such a personal thing. And I can tell a tool like that is important to you. Not because again, it's this technology solution because it's a human solution. You're like, somebody I know and respected it so well, how do I bring that into an ecosystem that is so challenging so clumsy when it comes to our interaction. So I appreciate that. And I want to end with this, Eric. Uh, I love what Jordan's talking about in the sense of like finding that compliment, finding that, creating that dynamic duo. You mentioned the marketing person. I don't know if that's just because marketing or lack thereof is top of mind for you right now. But think about that and give us something. Draw the archetype of that person. Who is the person that's going to compliment you in that way? What is that first kind of higher when you're thinking about growth, when you're thinking about the future of the business, when you're thinking beyond the family and the seasonal employees and some of that, what does that person paint a picture? Um, so when you're talking, rolling it a little bit back to what you're talking about, kind of that pitch um, for funding or something like that. My ideal person, you know, there's the show where they pitch their uh, business ideas to the sharks, right? And yeah. I saw one of those once and, and it was these, these two guys and they had a quick service food business. And they came in there talking about uh, with, with a bunch of energy, talking about how they've done, you know, X million in sales over the past year and all these figures and all this stuff and kind of trying to bring that human element. Well, my ideal person would be who is willing to go on that shark show with me and help me pitch my thing to, okay. the, to the sharks, you know, with that high energy, with a lot of knowledge of our 
of our business. Um, you know, who who uh, has a personality to be all in on something like that? That's who I want. I love that. And and think about that for you. Are are you the straight man or the funny man in that scenario? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I know this thing the best. So I have no problem being like a little bit more loose and comfortable and kind of throwing out taglines and being silly. So it might be somebody that's a little bit more financially uh, involved and knows that part of it because I don't really have a I don't have an MBA. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not super financially savvy. So if there was someone that could come in and see things a different way than I currently see them. I mean, that would, could be golden. Yeah. The, the MBA, there's a lot of MBAs out there that are trying <laughs> to build businesses in this space and not doing so mean well. anything. That doesn't mean yeah. anything. Honestly, there's a lot of people now that are like, if you have an MBA, like you got your resume goes to the bottom of the pile because it's become uh. a commoditized skill versus being connected to the story again. So Appreciate that. When you're thinking about like Jordan, I feel like we just started him on a path where he's going to have to go on to some show where, what was the show with Gary V where you Shark ride down an escalator and you have to pitch oh. every time you're down the to the bottom of the escalator. I so, love Gary V. <laughs> Gary, oh, yeah. Gary V's high energy for sure. So yep. Jordan, any, any last thoughts on that kind of that you can instill in Eric as he's kind of navigating this path, knowing that growth trajectory is kind of what we're talking about next. Humble beginnings, absolutely. But he's he's mentioned he's solvent. Like, what a position to be in to have the foundation to grow. So, any last thoughts from you? Yeah, something that I think might be helpful that we did as a company is we called it like our like what is what does the next ten years look like? And we just had bullet points on what it looks like. You can do it within say like the next five years. And you know, some of the things that we pulled out was like, you know, um, uh, household name for restaurants and like world-class culture and like we had these things of like what do we want to be like just just qualitative things it doesn't have to be x amount it's it the purpose is not your x amount in revenue and you have x amount of like whatever it's just like how do you want to make people feel as like a business in the next five years um and it, it could be like hey you're you're some people call it a big hairy audacious goal a BHAG, right hey i want to be in like 500, you know, food trucks, uh, or I want to have food, 500 food trucks by like the end of five years, something that you can kind of like, say, here's like my, my metric goal. And then here's my like thematic goal of like where the themes that I want to build around of what I want my, my business to look like in the next several years. And it just helps working backwards to that of like, how am I going to get there? Um, because if you don't do that, you're just, you're just playing in the weeds every day and you'll never take your head out. Jordan, thank you for that. We barely think uh, five hours ahead, five days ahead in this industry. It's such a reactionary industry. You're such a counterpuncher, which is a strength, yet also a vulnerability. So Jordan, really appreciate you. Eric, I mean, Jordan, wealth of knowledge, and I'll connect you guys. I'm sure there'll be other conversations in the future. Jordan is really committed to, to staying connected to those operators. I think it's important you know, that you stay connected as you grow with who got you there, right? Who? Dance with who brought you to the party, I think is an important thing. Jordan stays grounded in that. So thank you, Jordan. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Great meeting you, Eric. See you, Jensen. Likewise, Jordan. Thanks. All right. Have a good one, Jordan. See ya. All right, Eric. Yeah. Uh, I love, <laughs> I had no idea where you were going to go. Basically, we kind of like started to hedge towards the next two episodes, which is great. But somebody who's just like so forward thinking like Jordan, I think it was good. He, You yeah. can see how he's not just stuck in like their scheduling app. At their very simplest, they're a scheduling app. Yet the reason that their, you know, their logo is right here, they're underwritten by seven shifts, is because 
our values so aligned that we're like not just thinking about the business we're thinking about the culmination of the people and the story and all that so appreciate him sharing that so we're going to dig into this a lot more i think there's a lot of layers of what we're talking about i think understanding your your trajectory and then mapping to what's reasonable to expect over x period of time i think is a good piece of advice so we'll dig into that next couple weeks and uh, we'll have a couple more uh, guest coaches and uh, I decided, I don't know why I thought it'd be funny, but I'm going to surprise you. So you don't know who's coming, but some people that have done really well in the spaces that we're thinking about getting into and can give you some of the do's and don'ts as you navigate into this process. So that's what we'll dig into. Uh, and yeah, man, thinking forward, because man, I know for you, like even last week when we were talking, you know, just recording a TikTok video, like when the fuck am I going to do that? Like I'm <laughs> I actually so- did that. Yeah, that if you check out our TikTok, I made a 30 Let's second video put together a puff um, and made that happen. So Let's go. I love it, man. <laughs> I was done. Mike drop show over. You did it, man. You pushed through all of the hardships, all of the doubting, all of all of it. And you made a 37 second video, 45 second video. It, it matters, man. I'm so grateful to hear you say that. I'm so pumped. I'm going to hang up on you now so that I can just go and look at your TikTok. I appreciate that. So Eric, next week we're talking pizza truck to storefront, the dynamic of that, what a brick and mortar, what the pizza truck, how you navigate all that. So that's going to be our topic for next week. I'm fired up, man. You got me pumped. I'm excited about this. Thank you for that. What a way to end. Absolutely. A lot of great info today. I'm excited too. Good. All right, Eric. I will see you next week and uh, get back out there, man. Go sell some puffs. Thanks, Jeff. Cheers. All right, everybody. I love hearing that. It's so challenging to push through and execute on something that you know is going to help you when you're just trying to survive. So I'm grateful to Eric for that and anybody else who's out there who pushes through and makes it happen. So once again, from micromanaging to empowering, and we went all kinds of places in this episode, really great halfway through this series with uh, Eric Davies of Puff Truck Pizza out in Elburn, Illinois. That is it for today's episode. I hope all of you are able to empower each other. It is so important in this industry that is built upon relationships on family legacy. Thank you so much for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.